Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. It feels weird, Elliot, to be here, and it's just you and I. It's been, what, like four episodes since it's just been you and I. Back to our roots. Back to our roots. Exactly. So our films today are The Silence and The President by renowned film director Mohsen Makmalbaf. Uh, he's an Iranian director. Started making films in the early 90s and uh, starting with The Cyclist and then going to make Gabe and then The Silence, which was, I think, his like third or fourth film that came out in 1997, 98. And uh, The President was made in the uh, in 2016 and they're both representations of the director's own experience in growing up in Iran and then he was imprisoned when he was 17 by uh the regime that was had taken over uh Iran at the time and he was in prison for 5 years under the I think it was the Shah and then once the Iranian revolution happened he was then let out and he relocated and left Iran because uh, he wanted to get out because of all the turmoil that was happening in this in the country at the time. So he started making these very po- visually poetic films, starting with The Cyclist and also Gabe. And then it led to The Silence, which I think The Silence really became like his culmination of what he learned from his first few films and then became this beautifully constructed, artistically designed film where it's almost like mirroring the story of Beethoven, except instead of mm-hmm. him being deaf, he's bl- the child is blind and it's him how he perceives the world in sound and how he's drawn to music itself and yeah. how that changes his life forever because he comes from a very, you know, uh, low back, like poor, low, yeah, he's, poor he's background. Very, they're, they're not, they're not very well off. <laughs> no. And his mother's like trying to just pay rent. Uh, so he's taking any odd end job and he, he becomes like a tuner, uh, for these, I think it's an Oud or a Zither shop, uh, that is like, kind of like this owned by this man who hires him to tune his, uh, instruments in the shop and he also has a uh girl who is also hired as a second hand as well and um they form a you know a bond the the child uh kushid and nare uh are the two children and uh kushid is the blind he's he's blind um and can't see anything so his hearing is enhanced and thus it kind of enhances how we also hear the film because what Macmalbath kind of does with it is really accent certain moments in the film mm-hmm. with sound design. And I, as, yeah. and I, as a sound designer really uh, reacted to that, that. Or appreciate, pre- yeah. <laughs> appreciated that and like really reacted to that and really if affected me because it's like, this is exclusively driven by sound yeah and it brings up that interesting point right when you take away you know we we have the five senses right and you take mm-hmm. away one of your most important senses right yeah. vision like, yeah. like think about where we i i don't know if you you found yourself doing this but during the film i actually found myself covering my eyes or closing my eyes and just listening to the film experiencing it from you know the main character's perspective right. and what you find uh, what kind of what you were saying is that sound is so integral to this this piece of you know art that is that he created 
Yeah. It draws us along the narrative, too, because Koshid is drawn to specific music in the film and it leads him astray in a certain way and off his typical everyday life and him just going through the motions, you know, uh, taking the bus to work, uh, getting off the bus and then, you know, getting lost by the music he hears on the street, which I thought was a really cool scene because it's the camera's literally just focusing on the boombox pedestrian has and is walk and and like is carrying along the street. And then Khoshid is basically drawn to that sound. And then he gets lost by his guide. The guide that is helping him try to get to work totally loses him in the crowd because he's drawn to this music that is coming from the boombox. And I, I thought that was a beautifully constructed scene and just visually gorgeous as well so with mock malbath he really focuses on particular shots which are exclusively like a point of view or um sorry close-up of hands uh certain shots of characters by a river also um just getting a sense of the people in a general town or area that he's focusing the film on um and also what the culture is too i mean it's just vibrant with color culture and just sound in in this film what i love that he did in the film is that he made most of the shots you know as opposed to the president which is a completely totally different film but still has those Lot principles darker. of what he was <laughs> yeah what he was using in the silence are still present there but i love that a majority of the shots in this film are very just static the camera sitting somewhere and mm -hmm. the sound is so you know focused on because that's how Korshid is is you know seeing the world and you know, I know people that are blind and and I can I can understand where most of them is going because I, I do know somebody that's blind and is also very musically inclined and talented because when you take when you you know take away the ability to your your other senses are so much stronger and so much more in tune, no pun intended there. And, and we see that with 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 our main character, Kushed. Kushed, right? <laughs> yes. Kushed. Oh my gosh. It's Hang good. on. I'm gonna get I, by the, by the, by the end of the episode, you'll get it. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that sense of having the what we take for granted our eyesight we take that for granted every day and those that do not have that ability to see and their hearing is accented or their sense of smell becomes more heightened it's amazing what the body will do to overcome a certain impediment in their you know if it's visual or auditory it, or even smell too, you know, then other senses will take over. So I found this type of film to be very interesting because it, it shows a kid dealing with that and dealing with the struggle of not having the resources to actually achieve his dreams and achieve his overall, um, well, even achieve like a career, even if he wanted to pursue that. He has no options really available to him except for the crappy job that he has in the music store where he's which is actually just like a hole in the wall place and these guys are just making these instruments from scratch and making these beautifully designed instruments but it's it's not like a guitar center or sam ash or something it's 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 <laughs> Shout out to guitar center. you know but it's it it's a uh, kind of like a mom and pop store but like this guy the mm -hmm. owner just you know, he's been doing it for probably as many years as he's been alive. Like, he looks like he's in his 60s. It's probably one of those family businesses that it just, again, it's 
part of the culture and also a lot of these families own all these family businesses and are just trying to make ends meet and get by in the world. And I think the simplicity mm-hmm. of that also enhances the catharsis of Korshid at the very end of the film when he finally realizes where his true destiny lives or lies. But we're not going to spoil that because you guys should really watch it for the beauty that it portrays on celluloid it's amazing so i I think that's another thing you bring up right that this is an interesting thing i found about how you know korshid is affected by music it affects you even see it in the film music affects everybody in a different way and that's true just you know when the film came out as it is today music has such an effect and a power on people and you see korshid's journey throughout the film and i'm not like we said we're not going to spoil the ending but you truly see how much music means to him because that's really all he knows he knows sounds he knows he doesn't know sight he knows touch taste smell and sounds and uh, one of my favorite scenes you were mentioning a scene earlier but when they're going through and picking out bread and the uh cherries Mm -hmm. and he's grabbing each one and And like grabbing it and he and yeah he smells it and he hears the crack Mm-hmm. And he's so in tune with his with his ears, which goes with the whole film. That's how he gets the job he has, and that's where he ultimately ends up where he ends up. Yeah. That those are things that we as people with all of our senses don't really probably think about, right? We don't we're not as in tune. We wouldn't be able to pick out that perfect piece of bread. Right. But because he's so in tune with what he's doing and and his his overall senses that he does have, and he's using that to his advantage, he's able to do things and recognize things that probably the normal human eye or ear may not recognize, which I think is where a lot of our musicians come from today. They just have an ear that's mm-hmm. you know so much more powerful in the way of music and, and sounds and things like that. And that's where I believe it touches tr- us. Yeah. Sound and music touch us in a certain way because we are a very, um, you know, like we we listen to we are in tune with audio all around and sound all around us. Um, you know, what I loved about that scene also, since you've been you were talking about the bread scene, it literally also was really fascinating that he's also drawn to a beautiful voice he's not drawn to the smell of the food which i thought was his kind of this kid's got like a sense of humor and but because he heard the voice like he's listening not only to the people but he's also smelling so again it's like adding to that duality of the senses so he's got these heightened senses and it's it sets that up in the film which is a great way to do that yeah and you think about that in general we there's certain tones and and levels of people's voices that mm-hmm. we find very attractive to ourselves you know that we that are pleasant to listen to even how we think we sound when we hear ourselves play back it's completely different to what we think we sound like what i also thought was really cool was that Mohsen Makhmalbaf with the silence it's also kind of an ode to Sufism and music as a universal truth you know music is used to achieve ecstasy or the nature of the broken mirror and also like the repeated images of the river all it's all symbolism relating to Sufism and also to the religious culture and the religious beliefs of Sufism and of Iranian culture, I would say. It also has very mystic interpretations of Islam throughout, you know, because the river, it represents like life rebirth and also has the passage of time as like a stream of 
time through there and the sense of the innocent youth you know the beauty of the youth like because the girl Nare, you know she always she goes down to the river and she puts on like the cherries on her ears like kind of like um earrings and then she wears very traditional garb too very vibrant colors but that's a direct connection to Mohsen Mahmoudabas, uh, one of his earlier films, Gabe, which they wore similar garbs. And it was about this nomadic tribe who all they do is they sew these beautifully made dresses that were the fables and the lore of the culture are all written into the rugs and also to the clothing as well. I think I, I don't think it's clothing. I think it's just the rugs that this tribe makes and sells. Again, very simplistic themes and also a simplistic story, but says a lot with that simplistic story. And I feel that the silence just carries that tradition over because you have this kid's down on his luck because he's blind. He's got poverty against him, you know, and he's trying to get out of that rut. And he really shows that as what we're all kind of going through as a society, even like it's not just for the Iranian culture. It's also world. It's a worldwide global archetype that Makhmalbaf is trying to convey too because even it carries over into the president it has a very universal theme of a fallen dictator and also what you know he's still a human he still has a humanity to him at least we think simplicity is key in Makhmalbaf's journey as a filmmaker yeah and I also think it ties into with Korshid is you know he's searching for a purpose right? What is his purpose mm -hmm. in life? He doesn't have his vision, right? He has an incredibly keen ear. Yeah. And I think like you were saying, that can even relate to society today is like, what is we've talked about this in the past, but you know, there, there's so many films that you can tie this to because it, it is ultimately what a lot of people search for. It's like, what is my purpose? Yeah. And if you have some type of, you know, thing that a disability or something that is, you know, stopping you from doing something, this film also is kind of that uh, it's like that that you know that that uh inspiration in a way right, right? because you see somebody that's dealt a, a hand that not many you know no one wants to experience no one wants to lose their vision or taste smell you know your hearing anything like that but you see what because of him losing his vision he's able to do and he finds a purpose that you know maybe he wouldn't have ever found right and he finds where he's meant to be and also what he that music inside of him is there always mm -hmm. and that it has to come out and he has to find a way to try to express himself and express his art actually because he tries to get that the music inside out and literally share it with the world because he wants to be a part of that world he doesn't want to be kicked out and thrown into the you know the river yeah. basically and have nothing to show for this life that yeah, and you were given. mentioning you know earlier about the re the religious aspects you know music is very closely tied to most religions because it it reaches the soul that's that's where music ultimately carries to yeah so especially in the middle eastern cultures they are are very drawn to that traditional music staple that does crop up in certain parts of the film but you know then he throws in a western oh, classic yeah. the symphony number no. 5 from beethoven in there it just kind of dashes that whole traditionalism of it but he's literally mcmalbas saying with this is it's a music is a universal truth and we all 
love music we all respond to that and what we as humans want to share our life struggles and our and and our hearts with music you know like we share that with each other and what i love about that is throughout the film mcmalbath is basically building up to that with the little moments he interacts with the people in the shops you know working on things don't do it like this do it like this he's like no he tries to give him money he's like no 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 he just wants you to hit it like this and that ultimately ends in the big payoff which is not spoiler of course but right it's like him starting to build his chops up as a conductor of music. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Mohsen Makhmalbath did three films that were very visually similar in, in this regard. Gabe, which came before a few years before The Silence, and then The Gardener, which actually I still have to see, but that's on my list. They just released, like, I think the the po- like visual poetry collection of Makhmalbath on Blu-ray. So if, if you guys get a chance, get it, <laughs> because these are three films that you really should have in your collection because it's just a joy to watch a director not have to care about the mm. Hollywood like staple of, hey, I have to make a film this specific way and make this much money at the box office. Instead, he's like, no, I'm going to visually say something and uh, have us have a very universal message to everyone who watches the film, you know, and then. None is that more poignant, I think, than in The President, which for him, very different, darker side of his uh, filmmaking, because Macmalbath does show darker sides of society. But I thought The President really hit it had a lot to say. It definitely had a lot to say because it reminded me a lot of the road. Yes, very much like a it almost. Yeah, you're right. It reminded me of a Cormac McCarthy story in a way because it mm-hmm. has that grungy darkness and kind of had the feeling because, you know, a, this grandfather, well, this guy um, is the dictator of an entire country. They shot this film in Georgia, um, not America, Georgia, near Russia, the country Georgia. <laughs> I was about to say it looked very different from uh, the Georgia yeah. I know. Uh, the country Georgia, <laughs> and he loses his power because another regime takes over his country, and there's revolution. You know, this older guy loses his power, and then with his grandson has to go on the run from the angry mob and the revolutionaries that have overtaken his country. It has a very uh, older man, younger kid, the younger kid. It's basically through his eyes and seeing his, what his grandfather has to endure as the dictator and as the ruler of this country and how he has completely ignored his people, not given a damn about them and given them nothing because that theme keeps popping up with all the people they meet along the way as they're trying to hide out amongst the populace. And and the crazy thing is, right, uh, I was talking with somebody about this, actually, that you have to remember the whole time that this guy was the dictator. Like, he was not a nice guy, but you start no. empa- you start empathizing and feeling for him because on a human level, you see what he's going through, and you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But then you realize, wait a minute. It reminded me, actually, uh, Elliot, uh, I know you'll understand this. It reminded me, and anybody that gets a gamer out there, it reminded me a lot of The Last of Us 2 story, actually, in a way. Yeah, basically the struggle of our humanity, how far you're willing to go to achieve your goals, and also how much are you willing to give up of yourself mm-hmm. and of your soul. Because at the heart, the older guy, is he's literally 
he has humanity in him. He's has yeah. the ability to love. He loves his grandson for sure. He'll stop at nothing to do anything for the, the kid. A great scene is when they finally get to the barn. They've gotten the clothes. They've stolen the clothes from, you know, the peasants that they hijacked mm. them from. And, you know, they finally have a quiet moment of solace and they're just building a fire and this the grandson is asking him about death and what is torture and what is all these very mature concepts that this kid's only like what five six maybe really young and yeah. to them they see the world uh, they don't see the world in black and white they see the world it's an innocent viewpoint of the world yeah, I mean, he's asking, he literally asks, and this is such a deep question, you know, he asks versus his grandfather, will you die? And he's like, yes, I will die. And then he he looks at, he thinks for a moment, and then he's like, will I die? And then his grandfather kind of takes a pause, and he looks, he's like, yeah, you will die too. And yeah. it's like... he And I love that he's so honest with him. He's had more years to, like, that maturity gap, you see that as beautifully shown in this film of the grandfather to the grandson and mm -hmm. it's also passing that lineage and knowledge of life as well to the next generation in in a sense it's mcmalbath's way of saying the younger generation really know nothing until they've talked to the older generation and this cycle of barbarism and just pure violence from human to human has been around for millions of years and it just keeps continuing it's an endless cycle and until we actually do away with the dictators and also the regimes and that sense of revenge and hate then we won't achieve democracy we won't achieve unity and actual freedom yeah and that's you know what's really this film is a lot more you know on the nose with it's still very subtle but by the end you really see you know what uh mcmalbath was trying to say in, in the film because you have that that huge end of the film where there's a bunch of different viewpoints going on about what should be done to you know resolve a certain situation and you have the one gentleman that basically says if we do this we're just going to be right back where we started again right because he's he's been in prison he's been there he was there he learned his lesson he he matured he grew up and has new ideas of what the world could be. I think that was a great representation of the singular voice try, trying to be heard in this cacophony of people just going off with their heads, hang the boy, kill the, the president, you know, and, you know, kill him, destroy him, you know, like because what of what he did to my family. Yeah. And, you know, I I get I get that sense of revenge, but it just keeps the cycle going and there's no end. Yeah, to, we just go right back where we started and there's no end to the violence, you know, and it's him saying post revolutionary life is just as cruel as totalitarianism, basically. Well, for me, it really spoke to me because we're we're in a similar political climate today right where you you can't have a conversation with somebody about politics without somebody you know biting someone's head off typically it's just it's one of those topics that you can't bring up without some type of animosity or hate or just anger towards somebody which is you know that's wild that that's that's where we're at today but this film beautifully captures in that last you know 10 minutes this film captures everything what we're what we're experiencing today in 2021's climate 
and especially American politics, for sure. Well, and also, I think because the film was made in 2016, just as Trump got in, it was like, oh, this is the onset. You know, dictators, they rise and they fall. We see it in Russia. We see it, you know, all around the world. And we also see it. We almost saw it here and we came super close to losing our core values and such. And again, as you said, it, it really has swung us to left and right states. There's no unity in that. There's no I mean, I respect people's opinions. I respect both sides of the aisle. I mean, I started out as Republican. I went to Democrat. You know, you have to have both kind of views because it can't just be one or the other, because then you don't have a very three-dimensional, even four-dimensional society that can actually advance and just learn to love each other for who they are and be free and have opinions. And I think this film was kind of like a representation of what we were going through at that time, plus what was going on around the world as well, plus Mohsen Makhmalabas' own personal experience in having lived under a dictator. And he went and he was like, he was tortured. He was he was in prison for five years at the age of 17. That does something to a person. It changes their viewpoint on the world. And basically, it's like the country has, you know, it's it's almost like the country then kind of just leaves you behind and and you and you lose certain freedoms when you go to jail and stuff and it's that's that's got to be a huge shock to a 17 year old and i think that really shaped him as the filmmaker that he is today because it you see it in his films he wants to he loves certain aspects of his culture he just says this is though how they need to change and also how they need to evolve in a more modern society. Yeah, well, what I love about it, the president, honestly, it's probably one of my favorite films that we've we've watched. I say that a lot, but <laughs> I <glad>. really <laughs> I I really was attached to this film. I, I found a lot of it was it was a very heavy film. Like it's not, you know, sunshine yeah. and rainbows. It's a really dark film. There's no really there's no really positives yeah. in the whole film if you if you ultimately look at the and that kid uh, is scarred for life you know oh that. yeah I mean in the first five minutes he sees death I mean like first the bodyguard minutes. gets killed shot right in front of him he sees the angry mob literally trying to kill him in the limousine and yeah. his grandfather all he can do is just say stay down don't cry just you're fine and as as his bodyguards literally dying in his arms yeah that was all oh, that scene oh and he's like. Tell my son I love him. I haven't seen him in like because I've been protecting you, you know, and it's like these people, they lay down their lives for these men who take their service for granted. They are the true heroes. Well, and you were bringing up, you know, about prison and being out in such a shock, right? How about the man that is with them at the end? Uh, he has his legs are basically I, I I don't know if they're broken or he has just really bad damage to them. But he crawls back to see the girl that he left when he was put in prison. And he finds out that she's married and has a kid. That's uh, that scene just yeah, it's gut wrenching because it's like you want him to have a happy ending because of what he's endured. And but it's realistic has it's realistic because he doesn't have it. Not everyone has a happy ending. If the woman truly did love this guy, she would have really waited. But 
you know, another part is like she waited like I forgot how many five or six years, seven years. Yeah, it was six and years. I think yeah. it was I think it was around the same time that Mo- Mosin was actually in prison. It was a representation of possibly something he went through when he was returning home because you lose five years of your life. Yeah, and the reality is a lot of people, if not all, pretty much will move on because people don't. We don't live our lives staying in one you know stagnant area we don't wait it's very rare that we wait on you know that long of a time for something to happen well we try not to stay in the past we want to look to the future yeah we're always trying to move forward yeah that's just that's what we do as human beings we're always trying to get to that next step that next part of our journey whatever that may be whatever that purpose may be what we're trying to head towards or fulfill Mm -hmm. which ties in with the silence and what i also loved about the president that tied in with the silence is that we saw the the dictator at the highest point you possibly could be, right? And then by the end of the movie, he's on the same level as is Corshit. Mm-hmm. He's even lower than him, yeah. Personally, he's literally been stripped of all everything, and he's yeah, about to lose I mean, his grandson too. And he has to when he has to carry the the man on his back. This is the man that was ruling over a country that had you know people kissing his feet, and now he's carrying the lowest of yeah. the low on his back. That's a beautiful that's beautiful imagery right yeah. there. Yeah, very symbolic because of that power it's a basically a power flip there so yeah i i that's i actually i didn't pick that up that's really good <laughs> i try my best man i try I, my best i have i have <laughs> talked i have taught you well young padawan <laughs> thank you thank you master it, it's also interesting because mock malbath also shows people at their darkest times and how people on the flip of a switch turn into animals and where that animalistic cruelty towards one another is throughout the whole film. I mean, the one scene that stood out to me the most was the scene where the bride and groom show up and they're stopped by the revolutionaries, the new regime. And literally uh, they start Mm -hmm. dancing and you think they're just like play dancing and stuff with them just being nice. And then like the soldiers slowly just corral the bride into a a room, like a, a, a barn basically. And, and, rape her and at least one of the revolutionaries does and the groom mm-hmm. the groom literally just looks on in horror at this and he's like why is no one stopping them and no one stopped them and then she she even comes out and she's like why did no one stop them and then she just takes her own life like and she's literally like shoot me right now because i have nothing to live for you've stripped me of all of who i am and debased me in front of everyone yeah and and what's really sad about that scene is like you said nobody helps but at the same time when they show you know the dictator he knows what's going to happen there's many points in the movie where they'll do just you know a close-up they'll do a close-up on him and he already knows what's going to transpire and go on but he he doesn't do anything and there's where you see the what's more important here my life or the livelihood of others and that's where you can kind of still see that he still has that that same mindset he had when he was in power. Right. He's almost debating, like, what could I have done differently? Could I have done more to help my people and to prevent anything like this from ever happening again? That's why he even wants to say, like, I'll go back. I'll fix things, all this stuff. And once a dictator, always a dictator. And if you have that certain malice in your heart you know it's like yeah do people do change but you you had a chance he had his chance to do something and he abused his power so yeah he had plenty of time well that that's the thing right that people people in the most dire of circumstances will will do anything to try and rectify situations because at that time 
they're not taking thinking about anything else but keeping themselves alive or you know it's in those dire circumstances of life or death that hey i can change i can do better i can do this and you see that many times throughout uh, the second half of the film where he meets individuals after he's kind of gone through that whole struggle of kind of after he's kind of basically been chopped off of his his you know tower you see multiple times that he runs into people like you were saying and says like I- i'll write you i'll send you this i'll make sure you're well compensated i'll take care of you and all these things and they're just they're just empty promises because he knows and the person in the in the room knows that that's never going to happen he's never going to go back into power well and also the scene with the prostitute that he goes back to that he knew as a young man he had a chance to help her then didn't do anything was just like oh you're just a whore basically and you know left her he had a chance to save her sister did nothing you know certain things fall in in your life in front of you that you either have two choices you either do something about or you just ignore it and he chose to ignore all these moments that he could have changed his life around and become a better man actually and and i think a more loved person because he literally is not loved by anyone except his grandson but that love is taken for granted because that the grandson just loves him because he's given everything from his grandfather. He's given the power. He's given, you know, the lessons with, you know, the girl he really likes, Maria. And, you know, also he's able to, you know, turn the power off. That's in pretty the crazy. At, at the, you know, flip of to start a movie. Like, I was really expecting that kid to go bomb them and like drop the bombs now. I literally was waiting for that to happen at that moment, at the very beginning. <laughs> Just like, you do not give a five year old kid the full power of anything. You know, that's like too much power for one, especially one who is not matured enough to actually have any concept of what that power represents and what that power means. And a really interesting thing that you brought up about the grandson is that I feel like he was trying to escape more of that life he was in then you know he was kind of forced into what he had to do ultimately but because he has you know has all those flashbacks throughout the the film where he's going back to uh what's her name maria Mm-hmm. And they're dancing and learning learning how to dance. Yeah, when he wants to go dance with her or be with her. Those are all of his, you know, happy moments and things he he loved and enjoyed. And, and you almost see like the the opposite of, you know, his grand his grandpa, the dictator. He wants to almost go in a different direction, but because of, you know, where he what he was placed into and how he's being grown up and raised, he really has no choice but to follow in the footsteps. I mean, he's wearing the exact same outfit. That that's like a mini that's dictator. Crazy. He's yeah, a little he's, dictator, he's a little, basically. Little dictator yeah he's a mini dictator <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah i, I mean dictator. and and makmalvas trying to say also that with the youth they're very impressionable they're very you know they they look out for what they're being told from the older generation their fa- their parents their grandparents we we do as we're told or we're we do as we're shown and how we're brought up as kids mm-hmm. really shapes us into the people we become that's what the kid is going you know like this kid literally is just he's he's mimicking what he's seeing around him and the world he's around but then like when he's thrown into poverty and having to fight for his life he just wants to cover his ears and just tune it all out which i thought like you know eh, that's not one way to do it you have to take that in and then what do you do with that how do you 
then live your life after you've been through an ordeal like that and gone through the horrors of life, you know, and the struggles too, because they, they see well, he's the kid is seeing people die and get shot around them. And he slowly learns to accept this is just how the world is, which is sad. It becomes desensitized. It's really sad because by the time they get to, I think, the, the prostitute's house that the president knew, the kid is kind of like, as, as you said, desensitized of the violence. Like he sees outside the door or outside the window uh, a guy or actually a woman getting gunned down, I think. Yep. It's a woman or a kid, I believe, or one of her kids. Yeah, and, and like they're just trying to flee from these revolutionaries who are trying to take over the, the country at that point. And it's, you know, the barbarism, it, it kind of reminded me of when the Nazis took over or, you know, when the Russian Revolution happened or anything we saw in like Syria and Libya and Iran, even the revolution. These revolutions pop up because the people are being oppressed by the, the dictators. So they will try to rise up against them and fight for their freedoms, which they should. But then you're also, how far do you go? Because if you're just replacing one dictatorship with another, then what's the point? And, to, and again, with the endless cycle of violence that just happens in the world, it's enough's enough. There needs to be... Yeah, there's never a resolve. There's never a resolve. You just, you just go back to where you started. Seeing the brutality of man through a child's eyes, you just don't come back from that. I mean, some people do. They can... They have a strong spirit and they will be able to overcome that violence that they've been subjected to. It's very rare that people actually can get out of that. Yeah. Well, the one other thing that I wanted to combine about we went both really films dark on that. It's, <laughs> yeah, that was that was I'm going to bring it up a little I, bit. Now. I will gonna, tell you, this, this film is very depressing. It's you got to. Yeah, a there's, popcorn there's really movie, no. But it's like it's a beautiful film. It's a, it's yeah. a wonderful journey, but you're not going to feel happy about you're, you're going to feel empty you're going to feel empty and really just crushed at the end cuz yeah. that's what it was meant to do though it's it's meant to make you think exactly that's that's what this film was made for it's not meant to be like oh this is a great film let's watch this and go to the theaters and eat some popcorn and no, you have this that feel good a- moment you know no it's 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 meant to educate and also show he's also trying to show you that we need democracy we need unity we need freedoms in the world we need to be a very enlightened society if we are to survive in this world because if we if we don't we're gonna literally just be cavemen again and just be bashing each other over the heads for exactly you took my stone i'm gonna kill you now (laughs) or you have my beautiful coat of fur that i got from a woolly mammoth and give it i want it One more comparison I wanted to make between the two, actually. I wasn't thinking about this, but you started talking about the little boy covering his eyes and ears and things like that, and just uh, with sound and everything. And with uh, the silence and the president, and the president, when the dictator gets the guitar, uh, that is a very important part of the film because the boy is a tr- it loves music, right. much like Korshid loves you know sounds right. and music the little boy does and the ending of the film is actually in a way very similar to silence I feel like silence has more of a you know a here's the ending this is what happens you can kind of really know what's gonna what's going on right with the president it's more open-ended but you find that the little boy at, at the time of what's going on the only thing that makes him happy is is the music is the dancing because in in all those times where he was 
you know, when he, when they first get the guitar, it's kind of a mocking thing, right? Because he's they're faking to be a, a sideshow act right. or whatever. But by the end, the little boy, that's that's the only thing where he can find joy anymore. Right. Because there's nothing left. It it takes him out of what they're going through at that particular moment in time. It's his escape. It's his escape. And I thought that was really interesting that he closes his ears off to the reality of the world and to and and only lets the music in. That kind of again, yeah, as you said, relates to even Korshid's character as he takes in the music of the world and but it's it's two different ways of how they deal with it one is a very mature way of dealing with it and following your passion and your creativity and 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 finding out what you why you are put here on this earth to express your music that's within you and whereas the kid and the the president is just trying to use it as a form of escape to get out of a really dark situation in his life and he doesn't really know what to do with it he's very lost as a character yeah and, and has and no goes back to the whole- has no guidance from like the grandfather also is kind of like a lost child without his power yeah that's true and it goes back ultimately to what i kind of mentioned earlier with the silence is that music affects everybody in a different way music is used in different ways for everybody sometimes it's an emotional support sometimes it's you're like hey you know i'm happy this is what i'm gonna pursue Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes it's an escapism you know there's so many different ways because music like like you were saying music is universal it's a universal language and that's what Mozambique Malbath was trying to say and I think that's it's beautifully said it's not near as you know in your face in the present as it is in the silence because in the silence you have Korshid who is dealing with you know not having the ability to see his hearing is that much more focused on and that makes the music that much more of a focus in the film but it's also in the present in a more subtle way but in a beautiful way that gives us a a look into other ways that the music can be used besides just like i said a passion or something like that and the president we're seeing the atrocities we're seeing the world whereas the silence we're not we're closed off from that visual i mean we are seeing elements of it but we're seeing it and hearing it really through Korshid's hearing and how he sees the world. Yeah, I mean, it's it's two very different films. But again, going back to the visual poetry of filmmaking that Mohsen Makhmalbath really encapsulates in his films. These are two prime examples of that, I would say, because, you know, it's it's a master filmmaker at the height of his craft, especially by the time he gets to the president. It's like, wow, OK, he's really defined these characters. He's really made the realism there and he's also just drawing upon his own personal experiences you know i i think art imitates life oh definitely and the president i feel like is his blockbuster film right and then yeah. we've looked at a lot of different filmmakers and we've seen some of their first work and we see their most recent work and you can always see that growth and that's beautiful to see and like we talked about you always see those you know elements that they grab from other films and they bring with them into those, you know, more current films where they have a bigger budget and they can tell a maybe a, a little different story than what they normally would. With Musa McMalbath, with the president, it's a much grittier and darker story than The Silence, but it's still just as impactful in a different way. And I find that beautiful that, you know, when you have an artist that really stretches themselves and gets a similar message across in a way, but with two totally different stories and characters and just moods overall. 
So is, is it time for my is it time for my it's wrap time up for now? your wrap of speech? Right. <laughs> yeah, so, man, I mean, I, go see these films. They're on Amazon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're on Amazon. If you have Prime, they're absolutely free for you. I would highly encourage both of them. Start with the silence. Go to the president. I would say the biggest thing you can take away from these uh, is just make your decisions based on what you read and believe, rather than what other people are telling you, because. Both of these films have aspects of that, the president more so, but even in the silence, if, if that goes with the purpose or whatever you're you know, going for, listen to, it sounds cheesy and cliche, but listen to your heart, because if you truly love what you're doing or what you're pursuing, then nothing's going to stop you. It may be hard, it may be difficult, but at the end of the day, it, it's you, and you are your only you, so make your you your you and not let somebody else craft you to be you. Well said. And we'll see you next time on Film Detectives. If you like this episode, follow us on social media at Film Detectives for further news and upcoming shows. Join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.